play it safe. I might play a little dirty someday. And I'm following faith to say I'm going on, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another show the grass factor one dream podcast ain't nothing gonna stop this ain't nothing gonna stop this all right all right all right we're having a little too much fun on the intro there so a little bit about what's been uh going on since the last time i think last time we left off we were finally Getting to the point of having a building, and for us, that's a big milestone, right? Because when you have a building, that means you can store stuff in it. That means you have a real project in hand. That means it's go time. So we had our building, and we're ready to start taking in all our equipment. The first thing we start taking in is all of our specialty equipment, because obviously specialty equipment is... One of the more fundamental parts of whatever it is we're doing, you know, because, you know, that's your uh, that's your bread and butter. That's your backbone, your specialty equipment, you know. I mean, that's it's like, uh, you know, when you're talking about manufacturing, you're talking about holes in the process. What's your bottleneck? Your bottleneck is typically all your specialty equipment. So that's that's where we were we had a building we could take in all our specialty equipment and and then once we had our, our specialty equipment in place that's when we could start uh introducing all our material handling equipment because when it comes to manufacturing you got to move a lot of material from point a to point b i mean that's I'd say realistically doing that efficiently and automated as automated as possible makes up about uh, 50% of what you actually do. It's just moving material from point A to point B. And the more efficiently and the more automated you can do that, typically the faster the output you can have. Um, and it also allows you for more consistent uh, quality on what you get on your output. So that was that was a big uh, importance to us. So Anyway, we get to this point, and we're ready to start taking our special equipment, and um, we, we get it in, we get it all set up, and then we're ready for material handling, and, and, and it's not ready. None of our material handling equipment is ready. None of it is ready. We have this tight deadline at this point, right, where we're hoping on New Year's we can get everything fired up and we'll be ready to go on New Year's. And we're weeks away. And we can't, we don't, we can't get our material handling equipment. And if we don't have our material handling equipment in, that means the electrician can't finish running all the wires and all the drops that have to take place to feed the electricity to the material handling equipment. Because we don't know exactly where it's going to be set. Because there's going to have to be some last minute adjustments on heights to make sure we got clearance or, um, you know, maybe this needs to be moved, moved over four inches. Maybe this needs to be moved back two inches. You talk about heartbreaking. 
you know, this project I've said before, it comes back and it's, it's, it's a, it's a gut check over and over and over and over. And really this was just the beginning, right? So this is to us at the time, these were such huge, uh, enormous problems that we thought, you know, well, it certainly can't get any worse than this. Come to find out a little later, it, uh, it definitely, it definitely does get worse than that. <laughs> but for the time being, we will take these as the worst problems we would ever face. So, you know, and listen, I did not take this really well. Um, John was more understanding. He's more patient. He's dealt with, with manufacturers like this before. So, um, I should, I should have just kind of followed his lead, but of course me being me, I have to, I have to run my mouth. And the first thing I do is, you know, I, I just start saying things that I shouldn't say. And so I call people and I, I make jokes. I call people rocket man and, you know, insinuate that they don't know what they're doing. I insinuate that I insult their intelligence and all these things. And I should never, ever, ever do that. But that's, um, that was me reacting to a situation that I didn't understand and I should never have done that. And, you know, so when you ask, finally, when is the equipment going to show up? You know, you, you really don't like what you hear. Because now, all of a sudden, it's we hope by the end of January. So, actually, it was. It was probably right at the end of January. Everything shows up. Everything's put in. They start the whole process of programming because, you know, even manufacturing facilities today run on computers. So, lots and lots of programming, lots of programmers, um, trying to get everything to run in sync, you know, based on the engineer's calculations of how fast this, uh, you know, based on the length of this conveyor, how fast it needs to run. Um, you know, what are, what are the cycles between, you know, one hopper uh, emptying into the next hopper? Does it need to take 45 seconds? Does it need to take 30 seconds? All of that, which has been mathematically calculated in theory prior to, but once you're there and you've got you know, one system that feeds a second system that feeds a third system that feeds a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and a seventh, it's a lot to, to get working together. And even for an experienced programmer, it was, it was not an easy task. So not only do we get that... And, you know, late January, and now you've got to go through what's considered commissioning, and that would include the part of the programming. We have to start getting orders out the door. And every day the volume of calls is picking up. You know, when, when can I take my material? When can I take my material? And it's not one or two. Uh, I'm not going to give the exact number we had out in pre-orders, but it was a fair it was a fair number of of tons of fertilizer that 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 were already accounted for sold. And 
each day that passes, the, the call volume increases. And then another day passes, and the call volume increases. And another day passes, and the call volume increases. And another day passes, and the call volume increases. And now we're in the middle of February. At this point, you know, each individual section we can get to run, no problem. You know, even to the point where if we, we preload, uh, you know, a certain section of the specialty equipment, we can actually produce fertilizer. Um, but getting it to go from point A to, from beginning to end, uh, to run without any kind of interference, let it run on the computer like it's supposed to. It's just not, it's not happening yet. Programmer keeps running into issues. And we, we do, we, we, we're finally able to put up enough to get out our first pallet of fertilizer. And we do. And I think it took, <laughs> I think it took us like half a day to be able to, to get that made. And, and so, you know, that's kind of how it starts out where you've, you've got one pallet of fertilizer going out in a day and you're looking at what you have in the backlog and you're, you're looking at the, the call volume increases and, and it's to the point now where you can, you can barely even get to all the phone calls because you get one phone call, you take, you know, 20, 30 minutes on that phone call to explain the situation, answer some questions about what they have going on over the winter. In the meantime, you miss three more phone calls. You call the second one, and while you're talking to the second one, you miss three more phone calls. Now you're five behind. You're talking to the third one. You miss three more. Now you're seven behind. And that just goes on for day after day after day. And it's one of those where you, you, don't, you don't really have the money to turn anywhere for help. You know, we're, we're a startup. We have limited funds. You know, I, get, I, I, I could ask John, John Borden to do it, but John Borden's in Kentucky trying to get this plant running. He can't, he can't talk on the phone. On in-between days, I'm trying to get down there to help him. And to say it felt like the world was falling in on you was an, is an understatement. I, I think that's really the only way to describe that feeling. It really honestly felt like the world was, was falling in on you. And I think the even crazier part about that is that that, that was just the beginning. Like, it got so much worse when I say it felt like the world was falling in on you. So we got out just a couple pallets of fertilizer in February. March came along. March is not looking any better. And it it just <sighs> March not looking any better and now all of a sudden we've got equipment that's starting to break down. This is all brand new stuff, you know? I mean, just all brand new stuff. And then, and then things start failing. You lose a motor here. You lose a motor there. You strip a gearbox here. You strip a gearbox there. You tear a conveyor belt. 
you get build up underneath the conveyor. And it doesn't just start happening like on a weekly basis. It, it starts happening on a daily basis. And then by the time mid, mid-March is here, it starts happening on a, on a daily basis. And you're really starting to question your sanity. Like, how is this possible? How is this humanly possible? And then you start rolling in to the early part of April. And it's every day. It's the same grind. I mean, just an absolute grind to get out two, three, four, five pallets of fertilizer. You're so far behind on calls. You know there's no way you'll get caught up. You're trying to send out an email blast to target everybody. You're trying to stay positive and, and continue and to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but there's no light there. There's so little light, you can't see your own hand in front of your face. You've got nowhere to turn for help. You have no money to try and buy yourself out of a situation. You feel like, okay, well, if I'm at the plant and I, and I put in the hard work, I can make a run better. But in reality, I get there and I end up making it worse. You know, my tempers flare. Everybody's tempers flare. And it doesn't really matter how much effort you put into it. You'll never be able to take the place of a machine. And so you can go sweat equity your, your way around that place, but in reality, you're not, you're not getting anything accomplished <laughs> because, because the difference between me being there and me not being there is there's no difference. There's no difference in output. I may feel better about myself. I may sleep better at night because I'm exhausted, but nothing changed. There's no more tons on the floor. The employees aren't any happier to be there because I was there making a scene. It's all, it's all nothing. There are certain parts of the story I'm not going to relive on, on the podcast. I'm just not. And it's not because it's too painful, but I, it was used against us so aggressively in so many different situations that I'm just not even going to get into it. But Memorial Day was a big turning point for us, and things started happening. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, while we did increase throughputs, one of the problems we continued to run into were breakdowns. And again, this is why you buy all brand new equipment is to avoid these types of situations and to have warranties on them. And, uh, you know, it may be three motors one week. It may be two gearboxes the next week. It may be, uh, and, and you, you try and have gearboxes on the, on the, on the shelf. And, but if you got a, a three week lead time on a gearbox and you order three or four of them, and in that three-week lead time, you blow all three or four of them, then you've run into an issue. <laughs> and then, or it's, uh, you know, your, your dust collection systems, you know, and, um, you know, the, 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 the filters 
um, same, same same exact thing. You can't get filters in for a standard a standard uh, um, standard issue unit. You just, you can't you can't get them in. You can't get them in fast enough, and you can't run without those. So there was there was still that, but that was that was like that was a big breakthrough number one. Actually, I would probably say actually April twenty third was the first one. Um, and, and we were, I just don't even know how to begin to describe how, how lucky we were with, with April 23rd. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but that was a big one. Uh, then the second one was Memorial Day. Uh, and then from Memorial Day on, things went fairly smoothly. We ran into an issue with our, with the guy who supplies our plastic bags. Um, man, what a disaster that was. We got in, uh, you know, probably something like 10,000, 11, 15,000, 15,000 bags, something like that. And, um, when you, when you get in bags and you run them through a sealer, right? So typically the bottom of the bag is already sealed. You run it through a sealer, you seal the top of it. Well, 12, 15, 20,000 bags, something like that. Um, you would run, you would, you would fill the fertilizer in the bag and it would blow out of the bottom. And so we had to try and seal both sides of the bags. Well, the problem was, was that um, sometimes it would be strong enough to hold the fer- the fertilizer. In fact, it was like probably like, I think all said and done, I can't remember the exact numbers, but we probably got out, I don't know, 12,000 12, bags, 11,000 bags, something like that, where the bottoms were just falling out. And that was, that was just another... Another disaster of dealing with a bag supplier who you inherently trust to take care of you in your situation that that just didn't just didn't follow through. Uh, also, leading up to the Memorial Day thing, we, one of our pieces of specialty equipment we identified an issue with it, and the engineering that went into the construction of it was 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 false. And so there had to be you know some adjustments made to it in order to make it actually work the way it was intended to perform. So uh, we ran into issues with the building. Then we ran into issues with uh, the material handling equipment. Then we ran into issues with the special equipment. Then we ran into issues with being able to keep enough parts in stock. And then we ran into issues with the bag supplier. I'm like, man, what could possibly be left we ran into issues with the raw material supplier. I mean, literally, <clears throat> we <clears throat> literally we ran into an issue with every facet of the process. But you know, we came out stronger for it. I will say that because if we hadn't have gone through those issues, we wouldn't have known what that pain feels like. And it may not have resonated enough with us to make sure we never ran into that situation again. Put it this way, the bag supplier we have now, it is impossible for our bag to blow out of the bottom. Because it's a single piece with a single seam at the top. Can't blow out the bottom. There's a reason for that. Because we learned the hard way. When we bring in raw materials, it's immediately analyzed before it's considered accepted onto our onto our property, before it can be unloaded. There's two of everything on the shelf. 
we second guessed the original programmer and brought in uh, an outside programmer who made some awesome changes. And so really the next turning point for us came with October. After limping through June, July, August, September, October came, and everything began to hit on all cylinders. Now, I'm skipping over a lot there, but there's a reason why I'm skipping over a lot, and that's because... I've lived enough of that pain. I don't. I don't want to go back and and make this 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 whole series about nothing but pain event after pain event after pain event. Because um, if you could imagine what took place from October of last year, which is when you know we we had our our concrete pour, to October of this year, that one year period. I mean, I could literally speak for the next six months about all the pain. I could take you through day by day. I could go back and retrace every email that was sent internally amongst each other while we called each other names and horrific things and uh, looped in whoever we possibly could to, to call them the same thing because we were all in pain. We all shared that. But we made it to October and everything clicked. And we made some strategic hires. Jim, who's been here with us from the beginning, he needed some help. We got Jim some help. We brought on, we brought on Dick. And when you talk about strategic hires, it's impossible to really convey how important those hires are. And and I'll and I'll start with with Dick because that was um, it was really there was there was two people we brought in to to get Jim some help and. Uh, the first one was uh, actually Jim's son, Matt, and at the exact same time, we also hired Dick Ryhall as well. And the the camaraderie isn't exactly the same word, but it was able they were able to develop a workflow and a very specific workflow that had not been previously able to be achieved because Jim did not have the help he needed to get done what he needed to get done. I mean, he was it really, he was, he was thrown to the wolves. And, uh, and so with the addition of those strategic hires, you know, you could see for the first time, everything trending in the right direction. And it would be one of those things where we, we make a visit to the plant and you don't even recognize the building when you walk into it. Uh, you see the way everything is mapped out and you're like, where am I? Because I was just here three months ago and I thought the world was falling apart. And now I'm here three months later and I don't recognize it. It looked like it looks like it's been rebuilt from the bottom up. And really for the first time, that's when a sense of peace comes over. And it's not a normal sense of peace where you go to sleep at night and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, wow, I feel really rested. It's one of those things where you actually sleep and you sleep hard and you sleep deep and you don't wake up three, four times in the middle of the night wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. Confidence may even be a more accurate way to describe. It was the first time we actually felt confidence and I, and I feel comfortable speaking for John in this, this situation. 
Because up to this point, we never really knew. But now at this point, we knew. It, you just felt it. And you didn't just feel it. You could see it. You could smell it. You could taste it. Everything was trending in the right direction. And it puts a level of pride in you that you weren't accustomed to before. Like, yes, you were proud of what you had accomplished. And you were proud you got to that point, And you felt good about it. And, and you knew if there were just a couple of hurdles that you could cross over, everything you wanted out of this could become a reality. And this was one of those first major hurdles we crossed. And, and this isn't just like a little hurdle. This is a major hurdle. This is life-changing. It clicked. The equipment clicked. The people clicked. The product clicked. But the situation we've run into now is it's the end of the season. It's October. How much material are we going to be able to get out before the end of the year? What is winter going to hold for us? We didn't know. We've never been through a winter. And so really it was just kind of time for us to put on the boots and Get ready to ride the wave of the next few months. All right, everybody, I appreciate you listening again this week. So we're going to follow this right up with another one, and we're going to talk about what exactly these winter months hold and what the plans are. You know, how do we reinvent ourselves after everything we went through this year? And a little bit of the psychology of, of, if this hasn't been enough about the psychology, a little bit about the psychology that we went into with rebranding, reinventing ourselves after uh, the trouble we went through. And we'll also, we'll talk a little bit about the, the struggles we went through and the different issues we went through with the product that would force us into a situation to want to rebrand. This fire is playing reality. I was born to be something All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm gonna stop this fire.